Welcome to Active Energy, a podcast featuring conversations shaping the future of energy. Every episode will feature a conversation between energy professionals on topics and questions that are at the forefront of the global energy market. All right, welcome everyone. My name is Ron Taglieri. I'm the offer manager for our efficiency services here in energy and sustainability services within Schneider. And we're gonna talk about the theme around operating in times of uncertainty, which is increasingly becoming the new business of usual. So there's a, a broad uh, array of, of uh, both external forces and, and key considerations that an energy manager has to be thinking of, uh, including energy uh, market changes, such as pricing, local, uh, regional influence, that, that are affecting uh, production. And then, as we all well know, uh, some of the, the, the recent um, uh, concerns considered a, a very significant both health and economic uh, event. Uh, so that's going to require uh, a, a, a amount of flexibility, uh, creativity, and the ability to adapt and be flexible in your operations. Uh, so while we think about this oftentimes in terms of labor and resources such as raw materials, when we're also thinking about significant disruption, it can be very easy to overlook some of the key things around uh, operational resiliency and energy efficiency as well. So what, what we're going to do is actually talk a little bit with uh, Ed Wilhite, who's the director of fil- uh, facilities here uh, for Schneider Electric and, and lo- oversees uh, not only production, but also distribution and commercial facilities as well. Ed, if you don't mind, uh, just maybe if you could give the audience a, a little bit of uh, introduction on, on both your role uh, as well as some of the responsibility that entails. Sure. Thanks, Ron. Again, my name is uh, Ed Wilhite, and I have been a facilities manager with Schneider Electric since the early 2000s. And uh, that role has evolved and grown into a, a role where I have direct functional responsibility for all of Schneider's sites in the southeast, and I work with energy in all the sites in North America. And that's really given a unique perspective because we're down in the trenches on doing the basic things like fixing roofs and making sure air compressors work and making sure buildings are clean. And at the same time, we have to maximize our energy, make sure the buildings are ready to go, no matter what uh, what the situation, the climate, the economic conditions are. So, Ed, even in the in normal times, uh, I would say that's a challenging role. But especially as we talk about now, where you at, at various facilities, they could be they could be ramping up production significantly. They could also, in, in some instances, uh, be shifting away and actually diminishing that that usage. T- talk to me about what your top priorities are when you you know walk in the door uh, and, and start thinking about what do I have to accomplish in this uh, changing environment. As a good Schneider Electric employee and also as a facility manager, I tend to look at everything through energy-colored glasses. And um, so one of the things that I want to do is I know that I can, at least in my own mind, model some of the plant's productivity by the way we use our energy. And I know that when we do use our energy effectively, chances are good our other measures of productivity will follow that. So an example might be our paint line. If we're running a paint line just as hard as we can run, Eight hours a shift, we're loading the paint line just as just as heavily as we can load it. That's much more efficient than running it 10 hours a day and then not running it fully loaded. Well, that also applies to labor productivity. It applies to the water you use. Uh, it applies across the board to the way the paint line operates. 
Yeah, and obviously you don't do this in a vacuum yourself. Uh, you're coordinating with a multitude of, of facilities. So talk to me maybe in this recent experience how you're coordinating to make sure that you're also addressing issues around, you know, safety, the correct levels of staffing, and integrating that into the entire picture. What we know, especially when everything is in, in flux, you don't know what's going to happen. We know in all of our plants what our what we would call our significant energy user is. In the majority of the Schneider plants, uh, that will be a process like the paint line. And that will be followed really, really closely with things like uh, compressed air and, light, and lighting or air conditioning. And so we know, we've planned ahead. We know uh, the effect of those processes on the way the plant operates, what we need to do to support plant operations. And then we have plans as to how to maximize uh, the efficiency of a paint line or an HVAC system or a lighting control system or an air compressor prior to an emergency happening. Yeah, and, and w- it, it, just to give a little bit more color on that, if you have to think of about maybe something that can be very consequential if you're not planning for it in advance, you know, how how could you do this uh, suboptimally if you're not having plans on how to do this the, the correct way? Uh, you can do it, and, and it's still some part of planning because that's so much a part of our job. But you can anticipate your problems, even even some of our recent challenges. Those, the, those could happen by, by any number of circumstances, and they all result in the loss of a critical piece of equipment or inefficient use of a piece of equipment. So we try to, ahead of time, have things like redundant air compressors, or we have strong preventative maintenance on, uh, on our paint lines so that we just have to execute the plans when we have an issue. If you don't, yeah. then have good partners. Have people that you know that you can call on yeah. uh, that can come in and um, respond to an issue very, very quickly. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to under, get a, a good understanding of the consequences of just doing something. People say, well, I do something, you know, inefficiently. Uh, that's okay. It's short-term in nature. It's, it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, m- maybe uh, maybe illustrate how, how, you know, small problems can become big ones if, if this, they are not continuously, I guess, monitored and executed upon. You know, probably probably a good example is is a, is a paint line. I'll give a couple. A paint line, and on our paint lines, or especially the wash system associated with our paint lines, we control those with variable frequency drives. Um, and we do that to save energy. The driver of controlling the pressure on our wash system was to save energy with a drive. What we also found out is when you have to do a lot of adjustments on the speed of the drive, it indicates underlying maintenance problems. And when you can pick up those maintenance problems ahead of time, then you can you can quickly respond in the event of emergency. Or if you have a shutdown, it gives you the opportunity to come in and make a repair uh, very quickly. Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll return to that one in just a second. But when you when you think about the tools and and, and uh, practices to manage either either a shutdown or a ramp up as well, one thing you kept referring to earlier was the energy model and how much um, how much uh, faith you put in that and how much prior work is done on that. Can you give a little bit of of, uh, of illustration about how you do that, how you coordinate that with site resources, and, and make sure that you are are really customizing something to that individual facility. So I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go geeky for just a second, and uh, and then I'll quit. No we worries. Use a mul- 
<laughs> we use we use a multivariate linear regression model. With that model, we look at the effects of production, gas use, electric use, and weather. And we put those all into a model, and we use as a partner for that our ESS group uh, inside Schneider Electric. We put those in a model, and what we can do is then we can predict the amount of energy that we should use based on a given weather condition and a given level of production. So when we have a time of uncertainty, we can use that model and say we're either being, you can either define that two ways. We can either say we're being efficient and we would expect our cost to be this, or we could say we're being very inefficient and the penalty of that inefficiency is another number we can express in in energy or in dollars. We live, we live by that model to help us understand uh, how we're going down the road. And the model really tells us whether or not we're, uh, you know, whether or not how we're responding to an emergency. Yeah. So let me return to, to, to another topic you just touched briefly upon. You said in, in certain instances, and I'm sure this is happening right now across the portfolio, while there are some sites that are ramping up production, you also might have these uh, converse situation where where somebody is, is uh, down or shut down, depending like a, a building or something that can no longer um, be inhabited. Are there opportunities when, when you are actually shut down to take advantage of that time for those facilities, even though you're not producing? per se. Certainly from an energy standpoint, anytime we can turn the power off to the building, which, you know, in, in the environment we live in, that doesn't happen very often. There are things that we can do, either uh, replacing and upgrading meters, making changes and modifications to a switch gear, putting in more efficient transformers. There's a number of things that we can do if we get a, a period, a chance to turn the power off. We also know with our metering, when our buildings go down, uh, what the KW usage is during off shifts and off peak times. And anytime we can reduce that the load during a downtime uh, is something that we can we can translate when the building's back up and running. Okay. And how do you uh, actually collect that data and analyze that all that data that comes in? Because obviously you have a, a number of, of not only facilities, but they're in disparate geographies and probably with different legacies of, of when the, the plants uh, and, and distribution centers all came online. So in, in the Schneider portfolio, we have 60-something sites that we monitor on a regular basis. We model on a regular basis. And with those 60 sites, they all have at least their main meters attached to a Schneider product we call PME. And PME collects that data, and then it allows us to uh, to look at the data. Uh, it allows us to manipulate that, that data um, in a way that we can understand the energy patterns and energy use. We also okay. collect all those data resources in a tool called Resource Advisor, and then we can compare what the meter says to what the invoice says just to make sure we're getting what we think we should be getting. Okay, perfect. So now I'm going to ask you a question, a two-part question, actually, uh, that, that I'd like you to consider for everybody else that will be listening to this. But for somebody that's just starting their career in a role similar to yours, director of facilities for, you know, multi-geography, may, maybe even global uh, facilities, what, what do they need to do before these times of uncertainty? What do they do to establish a foundation so that they're prepared to act well? Um, we've kind of touched on it before. Know the basics. Have a plan. Know what your critical equipment is. 
for me, at any of my Snyder facilities, the lifeblood of the plant is the air compressor. I want to know everything I can know about that piece of critical equipment, how much energy it uses, how much it costs to replace it, what it takes to get a backup. I want to have redundant equipment. So the things that are really important to me, uh, really important to the plant working efficiently, I want to I want to be prepared for every situation I can think of in my mind. Okay. And then the, the second part to that question would be kind of when we encounter either what we call, uh, you know, a black swan type of a material event that's going to actually materially impact. And we don't know which way, but it will either substantially increase the need needs at one given facility or, or decrease them at others. And it'll have a vastly different uh, uh, implication across each. How do you take, you know, the planning that you did and how do you most effectively make sure that your team are empowered to act upon all that uh, during that moment of, uh, of, of crisis? Well, one of the things that we literally do, and we don't use the word practice, but we do practice. Uh, we review our plans. We meet regularly. We, uh, we talk about execution of the plans. We're forced sometimes through great pain to update our plans because we think they're good. And through that continual repetition and practice, then it makes us better when we have to execute the plans. Okay. Well, Ed, very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for your insights. I wanted just to summarize a couple of things coming out of this because uh, what Ed said, uh, while our, while businesses that you're, uh, the listeners are in uh, can be vastly different, I think there's a few key principles that, that they'll be well served by. First of all, uh, I think Ed touched upon it uh, multiple times was meticulous forward planning. So planning when an event happens is usually going to be too late. Uh, you won't have the time commitment from people. You won't have the ability to uh, source backups if you need it. All of those things are, are in other words, uh, crisis planning is, is really done not in the time of a crisis. It's actually implemented upon a crisis. The use of, of data-driven analytics, um, uh, such as the energy models that Ed uh, referred to, are critical to, to give you an understanding of how you are positioned versus how you think you should be positioned, uh, and then obviously can make adaptations uh, much in a much more intentional and effective manner uh, in the event that you have that done again on the front end. And last but not least, uh, not again talking around preventative maintenance, making sure that there's nothing that is going to jeopardize uh, the operations of the facility. So we think of energy efficiency uh, sometimes as just reducing money on a given uh, unit, and while that is critically important, uh, nothing is as critically important as uh, obtaining the uh, sustainability and the viability of what it is that you produce, whatever that happens to be. So following these these uh, these rules. Whether you're, you're in, in packet, consumer packaging, whether you're in food and bev, pharmaceuticals, whatever it happens to be, uh, you'll be well served on it. And then obviously uh, having a team, not just an individual, but a team that knows how to implement those actions at each and every plant, uh, which, is, which is actually a key and not to be underestimated uh, point of the things that we can do um, when, when we have a coordinated action and again, a plan together. So Ed, again, thank you very much and, and for our listeners out there. We'll continue to be uh, sending you uh, uh, more of these podcasts during the uh, during this uh, time of uncertainty. And hopefully uh, between this and others, uh, we'll have a journey that we can go on together and continue to improve. Thank you very much. 
Thank you for listening to Active Energy. We're thankful that you decided to spend some time with us. If you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you listen, it would be a great help to us. Please also follow us on Twitter. It's at Schneider ESS or on LinkedIn and Facebook by searching Schneider ESS. We have also started a LinkedIn group specifically for listeners of the podcast. It's a great place to interact with peers and continue the conversation from the podcast online. Be sure to look for the Active Energy Podcast LinkedIn group and join today. We'll be back in just a little bit with another episode. Until next time.